everybody! Welcome to Dennis and Friends, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life and around the world, or to bask in the glory and the victory of being World Series champions. I'm Dennis, I host this show. Welcome to episode 104. As I just mentioned, the Texas Rangers, I still can't believe that I'm saying this out loud, guys. The Texas Rangers are World Series champions. Finally! Finally! Thank goodness. And I have a fun crew here to, to talk all about it with me, to celebrate it with me um, here on this Thursday night, the night after uh, Game 5. I've got veteran of the show, Jack Coatney. I've got another veteran of the show, Josh Hinojosa. I've got a guy who's making his second appearance on the show, Josh Mojica. And debut appearance for the show for Connor Mullins, who is one of my yes, friends from ACU. Uh, he's a couple years younger than me, but he is a, a sports reporter uh, by trade. Uh, and also a photographer by trade. Um, and we've been friends for a long time now. So, Connor, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm glad this is a this is a fun episode to, for you to make your debut appearance, my friend. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I, I did a podcast earlier today um, on this for the Inside Sports at ACU. So, uh, definitely, definitely want to talk about this more. This was a very exciting night last night. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, listener, I'm, I'm sorry we didn't do like a whole preview pod um, that just didn't work out, but I feel like this is a, a nice way to supplement it in a lot of ways. Um, talking about victory, let's let's take it back before we like you know just turn into total fans. Which I mean, we are all fans here, obviously. But like before we like you know just get all like sentimental and all that. Let's talk about where we were like a week ago. Like a week ago tonight, it was the night before Game One, right? And I don't know what you guys were thinking going into the series. Um, I still wasn't even sure how the series was going to go. So, Connor, I want to start with you since this is your first time. Why don't you lead us off here? What What was your mindset uh, going into the series? How did you think it was going to play out a week ago? So before I even get into that, I just want to say beating the Astros was phenomenal. Uh, getting to the World Series, I didn't really care as much about what happened. I just cared that we beat the Astros and getting to the World Series in Bochi's first year. Um, but... I expected the series to go six or seven. I didn't expect it to be done in five. I thought we'd at least come back to Texas for game six, uh, but obviously things turned out differently. Uh, I liked our pitching matchup better against the Phillies than I did the Diamondbacks, but it worked out in our favor. Um, Diamondbacks got the win, and then uh, we, Texas wins it. So the game one was insane. Uh, Dennis, I know you can talk more on that because it was a phenomenal game that you were at. Um, game two was kind of a wash. And then the last three games were just grinded out wins in Arizona. Um, it was a very exciting series. The best team in the postseason on the road ever, uh, 11-0. So just so many highlights from this team that I did not expect. They peaked at the right time. And uh, Bochi wins it for us the same day he beat us with the Giants in 2010. So uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, all great points. I'll, I'll talk about game one later. I'll, I'll save the stories for that uh, for later on. Uh, Mohika, what do you, what would you like to add to that? How were you feeling last week as we were kind of getting ready for for this series? Man, uh, what's it called? Being here a week ago or, or something like that. Like uh, I'm again. Uh, what what Connor had already said. I'm so happy that we beat the Astros, but I had no idea what the outcome was going to be for essentially, you know, this you know this phenomenal. Um, young team and young talent that like, you know, the Diamondbacks actually showing a lot of promise and a lot of like the issues and a lot of like what was happening on 
the home game and as well as like the road and everything. Um, it was really, really exciting. Like thinking about like all the different aspects of like of Uvalde and then of course Scherzer being in the mix and then um, throwing in like a lot of like uh, our solid uh, pitchers like like Leclerc, like Spores, uh, Spores, whatever. <laughs> I'm thinking The Last of Us for some reason. Uh, but like for some reason, there's like uh, so much of uh, so much young talent on the Diamondbacks in general. Um, I, I was kind of iterating to you uh, today that um, what's it called that there's a good chance that like you know both underdog teams would be there with uh, with the whole new format of like the games in general. Uh, obviously, a lot of like the wild card teams are the ones that are playing constant games. And yet they some both teams swept the Rays and then the Diamondbacks with uh, I'm trying to remember what team they were facing in the in the wild card. I'm trying to remember. They got Milwaukee now. Milwaukee, yeah, that's right. And like how they swept them. Um, I was analyzing something about like, you know, the whole new format as a whole in general, and like basically giving the teams who are in the division series a bye week. Um, it was quite an interesting, you know, statistic of like, you know giving those guys like a long as a bye week or a break as they did and still not being ready and still not being ready to like perform on, on those games. So it was a little bit interesting of a postseason in general. And I feel like the MLB will definitely, you know, analyze how they, you know, formatted this. And I'm just glad that it was down to a game seven and we beat the Astros. So. Hinojosa, tell me what you thought about the pitching matchups in those first two home games. Did you feel like, how did you feel like it was going to go last week? Like, did you feel like we had a better chance against Gallon than we get against Kelly, or did you feel like they were both going to be pretty hard? What What was your kind of thing? I know you were in uh you were in Hawaii when this was happening, so <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, game one and two. I get watched game one on a beach. I watched game two from a submarine. So. <laughs> that sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> That's incredible. That's a dream. Uh, yeah, game two is way sadder than game one was. But. <laughs> uh, dang, you know. It's one of those things you're talking about Gallon and Kelly. We don't hit that style of pitcher really well where they tunnel super well. The Rangers hit velocity pretty well. They just simply don't hit the like guy that throws a cutter and then a sinker and then a slider and then a changeup out of the same tunnel and both those guys kind of profile it that way. I felt a little bit better against Gallon than I would have against Kelly, but I mean really the three games we faced those two guys we didn't hit any of them well i mean we didn't get to arizona till you know gallon was out of the game both times really we only got one run against him in the clincher and then you know we were behind most of game one so i didn't feel great about either of those i felt like we would win i felt like if we won one of the first two games we had a pretty legitimate shot yeah, I didn't feel great about either of those two games going into it. Yeah, the interesting thing from game one is that, I mean, if you remember, we jumped at him early with those two runs in the first or second, I think, with, with yeah. Evan Evan hitting that single and then Adolis also hitting a single or a double, whatever it was. And then, like, Zach, like, figured it out. And then from that point on, like, he was on lockdown. And then Kelly was just on, like, like madman, like, on in game two, just the way that he was finding every spot um, and really like executing like every single one of his pitches. Well, um, I, I kind of felt the same way. I thought we had a, a better like matchup against gallon than, than Kelly. 
um, ever so slightly. I, I know that Gallon had a, a decent performance back in the NLCS at home, so that gave me like a little bit of like, oh, maybe it'll be equally as tough. Um, but obviously, he was uh, he was bending but not breaking, as as I've been hearing all day on on other podcasts as they've been talking about Evaldi. Um, yeah, and at some point he broke, um, and that was last night. Um, in the seven, ever so slightly, you know, not not a ton, but um, that w- that was interesting to see his stretch from like the second or third inning of game one to the seventh of last night, um, just how big of a tear he was on. And then Jet, what did you think about how we matched up just style wise um, with you know their chaotic way of you know offense, like making contact and stealing the bases and bunts and and all that how, how did you feel like when you were thinking about this last week how did you feel like it was gonna fare well against how we play where we just try to you know mash the ball and and figure it out from there yeah well i mean that ended up working out um as you can see by our you know outbursts of innings that we had cluster innings um Yes. The, I think the most interesting thing to me about this Rangers team is that Bochi historically has been known for small ball. Um, he's been a really good small ball manager and he's had really great rosters to do that with. This roster is very different than any of his Giants rosters that he had um, in San Francisco where he was so successful with that style of play. And uh, to, to me, really, Arizona was great at all the things that the Rangers were like subpar at. Um and uh, you saw that throughout the playoffs, mainly with stealing bags, the sacrifice bunts. Um, so that kind of made me nervous a little bit, especially because we didn't play another team like that. Baltimore can do it to some extent uh, towards the top of their lineup. But uh, other than than that, it, we really didn't play anyone. We, we played teams that were more like us, that we kind of matched up well against because we play the same style of ball. Um, and so that was something I was thinking about going into it, but I also like, I'm, I was not scared of really anyone in this diamondbacks lineup. Um, it's all like quality hitters, but nobody that like, nobody like a Jordan Alvarez that, you know, every time he comes up to the plate, you're expecting him to get a hit, take a walk and on the occasion strike out. So I, I was very confident in our pitching staff versus their hitters, uh, but I also knew that like these guys aren't just going to be going up there trying to swing for the fences and you know they're they're not super aggressive they're they're gonna be taking pitches they're gonna be trying to just get on base whatever way they can and yeah. so I to me going into the series I was not scared of the Diamondbacks I actually wanted the Philadelphia matchup better uh, or, or more I should say uh, I, I thought that that would be a more uh, entertaining series possibly a more competitive series and and to the diamondbacks credit i mean they were competitive and they gave it their all and they they pushed us you know to to our limits dennis you and i were talking about this last night we almost and probably should have been down two games to none going back to arizona um if that had been the case if if Corey hadn't hit that home run and adolis walked it off obviously in extras in game one then we're looking at a very different series where we have no momentum going into game three. So, but yeah, in terms of just like what I was thinking before the series started, I was just like, I know that our, like, I trust my top two guys in situations like this, especially Nate, more than I trust their top two guys in situations like this because Evaldi's been there. He's, he's done that. He's won a championship. Um, he's pitched in big games like this. And honestly, I think 
even more than the pitching matchups, it really made a difference with the umpires that were in the first few games of this series and the different kind of strike zone that they had. Because um, like in that game with where, where Kelly was starting, I forget who, who was um, calling the balls and strikes that game, but um, it was a little bit more generous on the edges, especially down. And so things were maybe missing by an inch, but called a strike on, on some of those situations. I think uh, his name was Quinn something, the home player. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and so I think that had a really big reason to do with why Kelly was pitching so well and why we saw, I think, one three-ball count, and and he was constantly ahead of these guys, one, two, oh, two, yeah. and it just made it really difficult for us. But um, that's really, I think, what made a, a bigger difference in those first couple games uh, was the umpires. For sure. Before we before we move on, listener, uh, Connor had to, had to drop out, um, but... Thank you, Connor, when you listen to this later for uh, for making a, a brief little cameo appearance. Um, okay, let's let's jump back to let's go back to game one. I want to hear your guys' perspectives first, just about, you know, not just like the game, not just the game, but like we're back in the World Series. We're the first time that it's home field advantage for us in the three times that we've been. Um, just kind of what was what were your thoughts throughout the whole night, pregame, during post, all of that, and then I'll I'll explain a little bit of my experience of of being there on a whim. I know Jet says he would have rathered Philly. I think Arizona is the best case scenario for Texas. I Philly scared me deeply because they can like hit, and I you know as a baseball fan, and I pitched in high school. I want no part of teams that can hit, and so given the option between a team that kind of hits and runs a lot and a team that mashes, I'll take the team that kind of hits and runs a lot every single time. You know, so I thought I felt pretty good going into it. I wouldn't have admitted that to anybody before we started for fear of jinxing it because I'm not Joe Buck. Uh, but I felt I felt good about it. And it was, you know, you play the whole year, you watch the whole year to make it to the World Series and ultimately to win. So it was special to be there. You know, it's great to have home field for it although we only got two home games but i almost would have rather be the road team for more more games because apparently we destroy people on the road in the playoffs but you know we'll take it world series championships a world series championship exactly Mo, i think in general like the whole uh vibe of i think i discussed this with you as well uh today this wasn't really a popular World Series. Uh, this wasn't really a very highly rated viewing viewership of a game for both Game One and Two. I think it was like the lo- uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The lowest rating World Series it, 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 on record. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no one cares about these teams. Um, <laughs> no, literally, no one cares about these teams. The Phillies, however, are like the team that, like, obviously. You're going to stand out because they have a stud like Bryce Harper, who's a veteran, who's the guy that they're going to look to to like deliver on on certain aspects and everything. And yeah, I would not like my chances around the Phillies, to be honest. I wouldn't like it because uh, not only are they uh, – I've been to Philly and there have been some pretty harsh things that have been said to me. Not only. <laughs> but the thing is – there are like they are ruthless uh, fans. They are like I don't, I'm not that I think uh, I'm not doubting that the Rangers wouldn't be able to uh, you know still 
you know, be booed, like, you know, like the, how at the, how Houston and Minute Maid Park was booing Adoles and everything. And like, you know, yeah. how, how, like, I, w- I wouldn't be worried about that. The only thing is that like the pitching and everything in, in Philly is actually kind of menacing. And for some reason, like, again, how, how much of a bye week or how much of an off season, uh, kind of after the you know after the regular season i don't know i'm like really curious on on like why the why so many things were criticized against the underdog teams and yet you know i feel like there was like a long extensive time for certain players to um be rested and well enough to like you know not have the mentality to go out there and play games like like a Simeon or uh, right at the end, he, I, I'm, what's it called? I'm pretty sure you only had two home runs this season, this postseason, um, as well as um, trying to think who, who was uh, an, also another hitter that didn't really stand out as well throughout the postseason. Not Tavares, not Haim, I think, both Haim and maybe Simeon that didn't really stick out too much this postseason. Yeah. I don't know. I found it really, really fascinating that, like, you know, the rest of players that re- that rested real well weren't able to hit for some reason. They were not able to hit in this format of whatever the games were being called and whatever, you know, bye weeks that was, you know, pronounced. And I know I keep harping on that, but, like, it's just, like, such a weird case. Like, I'm so happy that we won a World Series, but at the same time, like, you kind of have to, like, you know, analyze the format of what's happening truly because sure um because i just love how analyzing how tournaments work in general um in a different world i'm literally you know analyzing how esports is being conducted through through apex legends and uh we're you know i know i'm in conversation with ea for a good amount of that time and we're talking about how to finally format like an actual like you know tournament style uh, place and I don't know. Like analyzing both MLB, a sports, and then an eSport is uh, you know just really, really intrigues me a lot. So that's why I keep harping on it. That night, like, like I said earlier, you know, I I was very confident going into this series against the the Diamondbacks. I, d- I did not see really any scenario that they would beat us um, in seven games. You know, I I, I thought. You know, if anything, if they have to push us to a game seven, I think we win that. So I was, I was feeling high. The vibes were immaculate, uh, so to say. You know, and coming out kind of flat on offense after after that early uh, couple of runs that we scored. The, the next few innings, that was like, I, I feel like we're nervous. We've got some jitters, um, and it might just be playing in front of, in front of these fans, this sellout crowd. And and Dennis, you know, you were there. You know how crazy that that crowd was, and um, that atmosphere could definitely contribute to uh, some nerves. Um, and so it, it didn't really surprise me that we were kind of struggling in terms of offense for the majority of that game, and also pretty much all of game two. But uh, I, I will say, when when we were down five three in the eighth inning, I didn't feel like we were down. I felt like we were like tied at least. And, and I, I guess it was, it might've been like an instinct thing thinking, Oh, Corey's going to come up in the ninth. 
He probably will have somebody on base in front of him. He can tie the game. Like, we're fine. We're fine. Um, so that was kind of my, like, vibe going into it is, like, I know that, that like, pound for pound, we are a better baseball team collectively than this team that we're facing. And I think that when it comes down to it in the late rounds of a fight, in the late innings of a baseball game, we are going to have the edge. And that ended up being the case in game one. Yeah, I I mean, that was, and, you know, you being there, I can't wait to kind of hear your perspective on it, but that was a top, top 10 moment of, of, sports viewership for me whether i was in person or not uh just being able to see that that home run off of Corey's bat and just it was no doubt from the second that he hit it and knowing that from you know sitting at home but also seeing Corey just like as soon as he hit it he was he and the emotional reaction that he had man that was that was really something um so dennis i, I mean i know we're all dying to hear how was it for you being there man i mean oh, come man. on let us know so, listener, if you haven't figured out by now, we've been talking about it the last few minutes, but if you didn't know last week, I was at game one. Um, about three three o'clock, I'm like looking at tickets all day because like I want to go, like I want to be there, but the price has got to be right. I don't have that much money. We work in ministry, Josh, Josh, and I do um, in different <laughs> ways. And so, we, so the three of us know. Not going to lie, uh, it's hard. It's really minis- hard. Ministry money is not, it's not a lot, you know? So, um, it can't be like that. Exactly. So, so I'm just, I'm just looking all day, just hoping for some, something. Um, and if not, I was just going to have people over order some pizzas, whatever, just, you know, some basic. And then at three o'clock ish, the Rangers put some seats on the website and I was like, okay, it's probably going to be what it was on Tuesday when they put the other ones that they had on sale. It'd be just like obstructed view and single seats, like nothing. And the website was like super bad. Like you couldn't like, even if you try to like move on, like if you saw like a section that had a singular seat, like it would pop up with an error message. And so you just have to jam it, jam it, jam it over and over again to try to get something. And I was doing that uh, on Tuesday a lot and also on Friday. And then around 3.30, I got a breakthrough. I somehow was able to get two in section 320, which is on the first baseline. And it's not obstructive view. It's like in a decent part. In fact, I think that's where Jet and I sat at the game that we went to back in April, May, whenever we took, uh, when we took Nate, uh, with us, uh, earlier in the season, I think that was the same section if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, which is crazy. And so I see it like enter my cart and it says you have like six minutes and 30 seconds to like confirm your order. And so I text Noah as listeners, if you, you, if you've been following the show at all, like y'all know who Noah is. Noah's been on the show a million times for tons of different episodes and everybody here knows him and so i texted him I'm like hey dude we have five minutes because i i wanted to have a little bit of a leeway like we have five minutes to make a decision and he's like how much is it and i was like well with fees and everything for the both of us it'd be 280 each which at the same time on SeatGeek, the cheapest ticket you could find was 450 dollars for a standing room so this was like a way better deal obviously and it was just a matter of how bad do we want to do this were we willing to take the risk? And he he texted me verbatim, how bad do you want to go? I was like, I really want to do this. Like, YOLO, honestly. And then like two minutes later, he was like, do it, pull the trigger, let's do it. So put in the card details. And then an hour later, he was at my house and we trekked our way over to the game. Walking into the stadium was insane. 
like the amount of people outside of Texas live inside of Texas live, like in that plaza area where they're going to have the parade ceremony at tomorrow was bananas. Absolutely bananas getting inside the stadium. They gave us these little like scarves. It's not in my room right now. It's actually in my living room, but they gave us these like little scarves with the world series logo on it. It was super cool. And then just like trying to walk through the concourse was a disaster. Like it was so many people like just trying to get through. I mean, it was awesome, but like it was so many people trying to figure out where to go and go to the shop and whatever. Um, we didn't make it on time to get a rally towel, but somebody left a rally towel in their seat. So I'm holding it up in the picture right now. This is what they look like. I don't, I thought it was interesting that they did the tea gray instead of like white, but it's pretty cool. Um, you got the same one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it just didn't have the World Series logo on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. So luckily, I got this to to save with me. So anyway, getting inside, like you could feel the buzz, you could feel the vibes, you could feel the energy. Um, it was great. Um, the lineups uh, part was super cool. Getting to you know hear everybody's name called out, and then uh, having uh, take me higher or higher by Creed, like played under it, like while the Rangers are getting introduced was super cool, which was different from the usual song that they've had forever and ever and ever at the ballpark when they introduce uh, the starting lineup. And then her did the national anthem and she's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Mo, you know, from seeing her at Coldplay. And I mean, if you, if you guys don't know who her is like listener, like she's an unbelievable artist and she crushed it. A lot of love for Bush on the, on the first pitch for, for W, um, which that was cool. Um, good old W. Good old W, even though yeah, he it freaking was, bounced. It. <laughs> he really did bounce yeah. it. Yeah, yeah he did. It was, it, it was Punch, not good. Though, elite block. Yeah, honestly. It hasn't lost a step. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> yeah, just put Punch back up there, you know. That's I what know, my mom's going to say 100%. <laughs> oh man yeah that was a cool moment and then just like the celebrity cam like all night a dude perfect did the play ball thing like right before the game started which <laughs> was so funny to me um i didn't even know that they were there and yeah just like it was it was great like we were standing for not like the whole game like how phillies fans do but like for about half of the game i would say we were standing um at various points what happened in during the game is that right before the Diamondbacks tied it up at two or three apiece, uh, they showed Travis Kelsey on the board. And again, like as I just mentioned, like right after that, the Diamondbacks uh, tied it up. So we were talking about it in one of our group chats. Josh and I were in And I was like, you have, because you've made the point of like, Blame it on Travis Kelsey. I was like, honestly, there's merit to it because ever since he got shown on the screen, which was so odd that he was there. I was like, do they have a bye week? They're not playing the Cowboys, I don't think. No. And then I realized, like, oh, they're playing in Denver? Like, what is happening? And then, of course, people made a big deal out of it uh, in the sports world uh, after they lost. But that's besides the point. But yeah, like seeing all the celebrities there was super cool. Um, Spieth was there, I'm pretty sure couple other guys were there scheffler i think was there for game yeah, one Sheffler, if i remember yeah. yeah yeah um by the way john rom throwing the first pitch for like game three or four in his master's jacket so cool like pretty elite yeah, yeah i, I, I was like, a big fan pretty of that. baller yeah. yeah i'm not gonna lie to you guys i was stressed like most of the game like especially like fifth through eighth innings jet i was the opposite of you i was not like super confident <laughs> i was just like this face the whole time just like 
not not really hopeful because I could just like Gallon was dealing after the first or second inning and their bullpen was really good and we just weren't really that disciplined as disciplined as I thought we were going to be in some at bats. Yeah. Um and they were playing their game. They were playing their game to absolute perfection, which yeah. we'll talk about it later. But to see that kind of go away as the series went on was interesting. But um yeah, yeah they were playing their game. I was like, I mean, it's just not gonna happen, I guess. I mean, this was a great, like great experience, but I mean it, it doesn't look like it's going to go our way. And even right before Corey hits the tying home run, like I was still really stressed. Like I would be lying if I said that I totally thought he was going to just bomb a home run. Like I was not expecting that. And so once he did, like the moment the sound of the, of the bat hit the ball, like everything in the, in the stadium changed. Cause it got pretty quiet at various points. Like it was not super, super loud, especially like, when we just struggled offensively in the latter half of the game before the ninth. But man, once that ball hit, everything changed. Like the buzz reignited, like everybody went crazy. It was so stinking loud. It was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium. Helped that the roof was closed that night, of course. But it was so stinking loud. It was awesome. And then I was like, oh, we're going to win. I don't know how we're going to win, but we're going to win. I was kind of hoping that Austin Hedges would turn into a cult hero uh, by <laughs> by walking us off in the bottom of the ninth. But well, after that first after that first swing, I was like, he's going to strike out on three pitches. Isn't he? Oh, and of course sure. he did. So, and he um, did. yeah, it was, it was it was bad. And then if Hedges hit a home run there, though, oh, we're dude. retiring the number on the spot. Yes, like, absolutely. It is in the rafters. Bring him back just for that. I mean, bring him back anyway. But yeah, I, I felt from that moment, I was like, we got it. We're good. Like, we have the, and you mentioned it, Josh, to me in our group thread. Like, we have the, the bullpen advantage at that point because we had gotten to Seawald, which that's another point that I wanted to bring up uh, later on. But I guess we'll bring it up now. Like, us seeing him, like you mentioned, Josh, to me earlier, of, of seeing him with Seattle early in the year was a big deal because I think we kind of knew what um, was coming for him as where like with the Phillies, like they were not at that advantage or they did not have that advantage that we did um, since, yeah. you know, he just came over in the trade deadline. So that was a big deal. And then I'm not gonna lie to you right before Dolly hit the home run, like right when the 11 started, when Castro came on that first pitch he threw, I was like, he's cooked. I legitimately, I was like, he's cooked. Like this, this is going to, it's over in this inning. I don't know why I felt that way so quickly, but I could just tell his vibe and just the way he threw that first pitch. I was like, no, this is over here in a second. Like we're going to take advantage of this somehow. Like, and I was proven correct again later on in the series, but yeah, it was, it was not good the way that he was pitching. And then obviously Garcia comes up hits the home run, just like the collective breath that everybody took as the ball is like in the air, like not sure if it's completely going to clear the wall. And then as it did, whatever the the standard was that was set by Corey's home run, as far as like loudness and noise was, you know, multiplied by 10 when Adoli said that home run, like that was by far the loudest I've ever heard a stadium and everybody went crazy high-fiving each other, like plenty of popcorn thrown in the air um water all that fun stuff and then like getting to walk out of the stadium and people were like chanting like crazy and yelling and that was that was one of my favorite nights um ever um not just of this year i've had a lot of great sporting experiences this year um and just a lot of fun sporting experiences ever but 
that's the best one. And I don't know what will top it, especially now that we've, you know, gone on and won the whole thing. I don't know what will top that moment. Yeah. So I know that was a very, you know, long spiel, but I'll never forget that night. And I'm so glad that being spontaneous worked, uh, in, in favor, um, 200 best $280 I've ever spent, at least for <laughs> now, the next best $280 I'm spending is the amount of money I'm going to spend on merch <laughs> for me and my family. So yeah, probably, uh, yeah, true. thank God tomorrow's payday. Anyways, uh, I don't <laughs> want to talk too much about game two. I mean, it was, it was a dud. Um, Kelly was just on fire. Kudos to him. Like you could just tell yeah. he was locked in from the get go and Garver getting the home run was impressive enough because that was a sick pitch that Kelly threw. And somehow Mitch was able to connect on it in the way that he did. It (laughs) It was so (laughs) wild. And I was like, okay, like maybe this will be something. And then obviously nothing happened and it's fine. Like that was one of those where you just like wipe your hands, throw it away, see what happens. But like you mentioned Josh earlier, like getting away or getting out of globe life with a split, I think, that was a, a yeah, good spot huge. to be in. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me let me ask you some more questions before I start taking over and just talking literally the rest of the time. Jet, tell me in your eyes what was the turning point in this series? Like specifically when we got to Arizona, what do you think was the moment that you thought, "Oh, we have full control now"? Because we did not have control in either game one or two. I mean, obviously we won game one, but it never felt like we had like reigns of the game and obviously game two we had none of it at all what point in arizona made you think we got this we're gonna figure it out well i'll tell you this man even in game three when we were you know up three nothing for most of the game they get that one run in the eighth i didn't feel good at all during that game i was like we like they they out hit us first of all in that game they're also getting base runners on basically every other inning although we won that game i was like dang like like I'm still confident because it's it's this team and, you know, kind of like how you were saying earlier, Josh, like they don't have the big bats that we need to be scared of. So, like, if we can keep playing this way and, and getting out of jams, then great. I, I, I was not confident after game three. I was like, man, our bats really sucked because they did. I mean, they got, what, five hits, I think it was. And all three of those runs came in the third inning. And then after then, from then on, it was like, oh, great. We're giving their bullpen guys confidence. If if their rookie who started what how do you say his name? Uh, fought. It's not Brandon fought fat fought yeah. not not fat right. But uh, if we if we have to get back to him in Arlington, like he's gonna feel good because he. I mean, after those three runs, he was pitching well. After that Seager home run, he settled down. I think he retired the next like seven or eight batters consecutively. I think four of them were the strikeout. So like he he got in his groove. Then we got to their bullpen, and and their bullpen was was great. Um, so I really was not feeling well uh, after game three. I was like, well, we got the win. We're up to one. It's good. And we're, we're obviously, you know, still great on the road in the postseason. But, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of nervous a little bit um, about, about game four. I, I think, <laughs> I think uh, inning two of, of game four is when I said, okay, we're fine. That's the turning point that you're asking for, Dennis. The five runs, the five spot in the second inning. Uh, that was it. I think we, it was a gut punch that kind of knocked the air out of their lungs, and they never really got that back. Um, and they, I felt like we had them backpedaling the rest of the rest of the series. Even giving up those six runs in the eighth and ninth innings uh, of, of Game Four to kind of let them back in. I mean, we weren't even trying. You know, we at that point we we have our our the arms in the in from the bullpen 
that have not been pitching consistently in the postseason. You know, so it's like I really don't care. You score seven runs. That's awesome. I still was a little bit frustrated that like our bats couldn't stay consistent. And it was just like, you know, these little spurts here and there. But when it's a five five run spurt, I mean, that's going to win you a game more times than not. So um, I think that was the turning point was just early on in game four. Uh, our bats kind of waking up then. I think that was when, especially because they Arizona decided to start uh, that game as a, a bullpen game and not have a fourth starter come out for them and, and save their their arms. Because, I mean, really, they didn't have a, a fourth guy that they were confident in that they could send out there. Gallon, Kelly, and uh, Fott were the only guys that could, were really delivering consistently in the postseason. So it made sense. But it ended up biting them in the butt. All their other bullpen arms were obviously tired in Game 5 uh, after Gallon. So I think it really played to our advantage just the way that we were able to really come out and, and hit them hard early on in, in Game 4. Yeah, one, then two, two not being great. Three was, what's it called? Just a lot of different factors. I didn't think uh, we would be perfect. I didn't think we'd be perfect in the on the road. And for some reason, I think uh, this was like the first, I'm trying to remember when this game was, what, Monday, Tuesday? Game four was Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. And uh, what's it called? On Tuesday, it was like really, really weird that like I wasn't able to really view the game that much. Um, I think I was, had some kind of rehearsal or, or some kind of uh, deal going on that day or, no, yeah, the the whole ministry thing, how, how we usually do. Uh, we meet for youth on Tuesdays. Um, it, it was quite what? interesting. Yeah, it's quite different, but uh, what's it called? I wasn't able to view it as much, but uh, I remember um, looking through, uh, keep getting the notifications, obviously, because obviously I want to stay close to the game and everything and, and make sure that I was doing. And then uh, once we kind of finished, wrapped up everything, you know, ministry wise and everything, I was really um, left to wondering like, wait, we really are like adding all these runs up and we're actually hitting and we're actually, you know, uh, it was just a lot of doubts going into uh, the game because I didn't think we would have control of, especially I I would think we would at least have some kind of, um, mileage or runs or something like that in like the fourth or the fifth inning and then it didn't happen till like the second and the third i was like oh okay wow okay this is really surprised and i just you know just ended up looking at my phone and we already have 10 runs i was just like when the world just happened and (laughs) and and, uh, i think it was in the middle of the seventh inning i'm pretty sure where you know where or i think it was this maybe the eighth and the ninth or something like that where Arizona is starting to get runs. I'm just like, Oh, okay. Well not now, now like, you know, now the bats are hitting on the D back side and they're finally starting to get their groove. I'm trying to remember who was starting that day in general. Uh, I can't really remember. Heaney. Heaney was starting. Gotcha. That was his first experience in general, right? Well, he pitched an inning or not true. even, he pitched like an out in game. What was it? Four of the Houston series. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that was a game I was at. I was livid. Oh, that was so bad. That was, that was uh, so bad. yeah, that was quite an interesting matchup in general with this whole deal. And uh, 
know. Well, he, he, he got a win out of that, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was big. So I'll give you a couple. So the first, I wouldn't call this a turning point, but the first moment where I was like, okay, this is like our World Series was not the Adolis home run or the Seeger home run. It was the like line drive off of Scherzer's buttock that went right to Young. That was really the first time that I was like, <laughs> okay, this is like this is breaking our way for the first time. And then everyone started to get injured, and I was like, ah, crap, maybe not. <laughs> the second one, I would say that was like a turning point that really flipped the series is Jankowski starting two for two in game four. Because that was another big one where it was like, oh, okay, it really is a next man up situation. Heaney throwing five was big, but I wouldn't call that a turning point. I would just call that like an act of God. Yeah, yes. Uh, Jankowski going two for two, though, was I would say that was a big turning point. But I would say the actual, the first time that I really felt comfortable, like the momentum for the Rangers right now, we are winning this was when Eovaldi got out of that bases-loaded jam in Game 5. That was the first time, I think. You know, I was watching it at the church with uh, Tim, who maybe is listening, maybe he's not. But when we got through that, we both were like, whew, okay, this is for real. Like, we've got a shot here. So I would say that was, a, that was the turning point of the series was right there, as late as it was. Because it was a tight series, really, the whole time. I've got multiple as well. Uh, one of them being John Gray in game three. Yeah. He was excellent in game one, as yeah. we know. I thought he was superb when he came on and kind of held things down and made sure we didn't use too many guys. And again, like we talked about earlier, like helped us to have an advantage in extra innings because we were we have the more capable arms to be able to get through that for however long it needed to go. And then for him to come in in that situation with Max's back tightening up and execute the way that he did it would it i think the the diamondbacks weren't ready for that like we talked about all week like how much assurance were you going to get you know and we got three innings out of him and three innings was enough you know what i mean um he yeah. did he did okay in those three innings in game three but gray just took that and made sure that arizona didn't have a chance offensively and i think that was a gut punch more so than a turning point, it was probably more of a gut punch. But I think that's that's something to like, you know, consider because easily like had we th- had to throw in somebody else, like maybe Arizona's offense would have clicked a little bit better. You never know. Yeah. Um, but kudos to John for holding it down in Game Three. The other two that I have are in Game Four. You mentioned it just now with Jankowski, like his RBI single, double, whatever it was to yeah to get things going in one of those cluster innings. That was big. Again, gut punchy in a lot of ways of like, oh, this guy who's replacing the guy who just won the MVP of the ALCS, the guy who's been the heart and soul of the team throughout this whole playoff run is also producing. And he's batting like, I can't remember what it was, but he had like a plus 320 something average in the nine hole this season, which is like insane. Um, So that was big. And then for me, the moment where I was like, oh, Oh, okay. Was uh was Marcus's home run in game four? Because we've been talking about Marcus. I've been talking to all you guys about Marcus all October about like where is this guy at? Like offensively, <laughs> just not getting it done. 
Great yeah. defensive plays. Like in game, what was it, five in the Houston series? He had that yeah. fantastic play that mm-hmm. Josh, you and I talked about the other day. And just time and time again, like making sure double plays were executed really well, like saving runs and all that, but could not get a barrel to the bat to save his life. And once he finally got that breakthrough in game four with the home run, I was like, oh, okay. Because when you think about it, like we t- talked about with Garcia, it's like, who's going to pick up the slack? And he picked up the slack. Yeah. Big time in a, in a game, in a moment where, you know, you never know. Like, that could have been Arizona's chance, like I just mentioned, to, to hop back in and to make something happen. And for him to to finally pull through had to have been just so demoralizing for, for the Diamondbacks to be like, this guy hasn't done crap offensively in the postseason, and now he's going to do it right now, like, as they're inching closer and closer. I'm sure that had to be super frustrating um, from a mental standpoint. I think that swung in our way. Um, and helped helped all the guys out because I, I think that that had an effect on Jonah too because Jonah definitely was able to pick up some of the slack as well like offensively yeah. and and Nate too like Nate Lowe like had a great last couple games after having a quiet start. Um, Mitch, you know Garver consisted the whole series and just kind of feeding off of that really well. I think they took note from the captain, you know, having his his breakthrough and and doing as well as he could. So okay, let's let's talk about last night. What a night. Let, let's talk the game first, and then we can start to like reminisce and talk about the moment and the after and 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 all the all the other stuff. But let's talk about the game. I was stressed out of my mind, like leading worship last night because it was happening like while like we started our first song of the set, like middle of the first inning. So I was like, I'm already stressed out of my mind. I have no idea how Valdi's doing right now. Like what's about to happen. But the whole time I'm like, can I get out of here? Like at a decent hour, like I just want to go home and watch the game. And I didn't get home till the eighth inning, of course, which is super annoying. But what were, what were you guys feeling as the, as the game went on? Um, Cause I know that was a, a stressful endeavor. Uh, hoping that we could cross the finish line. Yeah, I felt pretty good with Ivaldi starting. I think, you know, he's the reason we signed Ivaldi is to start games like this. We didn't think it would be this year, clearly, but you know, it's the same we signed Ivaldi for the same reason that we traded for Montgomery and the same reason we traded for Scherzer was to start games like these that we were in and I you know, it was the vision from the beginning of the year, so I felt pretty good about it. Uh I felt less good about it after game 1. I think Ivaldi is dealing with some kind of injury just based on pitch sharpness and velocities and stuff. I think he's, I don't know that we'll ever know for sure. I have a feeling that if this was like a random August game or June game or whatever, we'd see him hop on the IL for 10 days and skip a couple of starts. But I don't know. I felt okay about it. I felt like it was going to be a low scoring game, kind of like how it was. I felt like it was going to go 2-1 or 3-2 or something like that. And it was pretty low scoring, so I kind of anticipated that. But I felt okay about it with Evaldi on the mound, for sure. Having Evaldi on the mound is the only thing that kept me from having an aneurysm uh, for the first six innings of being no hit, you know? Gallen has been suffering a lot this back half of the season, regular season and postseason. He just did not look uh, sharp. And so like coming into the series, I was like, I know Merrill Kelly is really good. But they're like ace, quote unquote, Gallon. Like we we played well against him when we played him in the regular season, and uh, like I he has not been great of late. So I feel like we're gonna play well against him again. And then for him to just 
be shutting us down and and looking like he was unhittable because like we we could not get a hit off of him uh through the first six was really frustrating for me um and i like i just i was standing up watching the game uh I, it's really hard for me to stay still and and sit down watching any uh postseason game whether it's rangers mavericks cowboys whatever the case may be but uh i was i was you know i was standing up i was you know, jump in, getting a little antsy. And every time that we, and the, the great thing was in, and Clayton pointed this out when I was texting about it, I was like, where are our bats? And, and Clayton was like, well, at least we're making contact. Like we're not missing the ball. Um, he didn't get very many strikeouts. I think, I think he had four strikeouts through six innings. And, and so I was like, yeah, we're, we're making solid contact. We're just hitting it right at him. That, that, that that's fair. But, you know, after every single one of those, like the third out, I was just like deflated and I would just like fall backwards onto the couch. And I was like, oh, like this has to be the game because I don't want to have to face Merrill Kelly again. So I was just I was stressing the entire time. And then for us to finally break through in the seventh uh, and get the bats going, I was like, okay, that's one run, though. Like we we need more than that. Um, and then the eighth, I think, was one, two, three. And so I was like, gosh, this is going to be so frustrating if Arizona comes up here <laughs> yep. and wins this game in the ninth inning. Uh, and then, you know, we we padded on to it, added some insurance runs. But, man, I'll, I'll tell you, I have I've witnessed, you know, obviously the Mavericks championship all those years ago um, and was able to go to um, game three of of that final series for the Mavs. Um and it it felt it felt great to be there, but being so young, you I think this comes with age of being a sports fan. You you gain this respect for the players because you're like these guys are like my age, and they're going through this experience, and like this is like a team and a full of players that have been battle tested. Their bodies are tired. It's more than just like a fan's experience of of saying like, man, I'm so excited that my team is going to win. It's more of a like respect kind of thing where it's like these guys are out here putting through the, their bodies through something that I could never do myself. And they are about to make myself and millions and millions of other people the happiest people in the world for the span of about 10 minutes. And just like <laughs> knowing, knowing that that was going to hit it, like, I, I think I got like some kind of high off of that it was just like this this endorphin rush where i was just like man like the these are the guys that are going to do it these are the guys that are bringing championship baseball to one of the best sports cities in the world right now um and and it was it was a high that i was really glad to be able to witness in real time yeah i mean down to down to them leaving spores and I was I was you know really excited for Leclerc to come in and there was like oh, I guess it's not a save opportunity it makes sense uh, and spores are pitching really well and and I hope that this outing here gives him confidence heading into next season and we can say you know this is one of our trusted arms out of the pen for the next year um, but man it was just such a euphoric experience uh, and and I'm uh, I'm still just like in shock and I don't really have all the words that I want to say but I think that's enough words for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go. I uh, needed the process of the game by not watching it uh, because I've been living here in Memphis, Tennessee for over a year. And I think uh, when I watched uh, game seven of the ALCS, uh, I walked into some kind of um, some kind of pub over here in, in Memphis in downtown. And I was literally the only Rangers fans in there and everyone else was Astros fans. 
and I remember um, them leaving after the seventh inning, and uh, it was quite you know fun to watch them leave and and talk their you know talk their stuff and and uh, while I was just left alone um, there just watching the game and and that game seven especially you know was emotional. I was deciding to go back to that same place, to that same. I was planning to. I was planning to go back to that same place where the uh, Rangers had, you know, won against Houston. But I didn't want to do that this time. I didn't want to watch the game. I uh, don't really want to hear the Fox commentators, uh, whatever <laughs> their names are. I, I, Which is fair know. because John Smoltz is the worst. And yeah, we all I got. Way too much of him this October. Yes, I no. don't want to listen to him. It was almost Joe Buck bad, almost, almost. But like, you know, it's it's just you know I just couldn't stand it. So what I did, I literally you know was sifting around the internet for like the longest time, and then uh, like an idiot, I was told, hey, you can just look at iHeartRadio and you can just find it there. Okay, cool, easy. That's how I was able to find it. But man, uh, to hear the emotions casted from Nadell and everything was by far like the best experience I could have possibly had uh, going into this game five. And uh, it was, you know, um, all the different things that were um, said and all the different things that were just like, you know, emotionally driven in, in the game and then. Uh, and then for him to say, like, you know, hey, Rangers fans, you're not dreaming um, for them, for him to cap it off like that. Um, that was quite an emotional turn for me uh, because um, I didn't think I would really enjoy uh, listening to it there because I think if I would have, you know, watched it, I would have been more on my feet a little bit. But no, I was just, you know, listening to it on the radio and just sitting right here, just, you know, sitting here processing it. And um, all the emotions that definitely, you know, run down of like, you know, hey, yeah, we're just going to be one. We're just going to be one strike away. and It'll be 2011 all over again, you know. And, um, and I kept running that through my head and, and emotionally like that just end of just getting to the end and, and, um, and hearing it and not really keeping my phone close to me. I think it was a definitely emotional time. Like, you know, I know for sure, um, Dennis and Josh, um, I, I remember, you know, just the emotions that we felt, uh, in 2010, in both 2010 and 2011, for sure. Uh, that's definitely, you know, you know, a, a memory I'm never going to ever forget, uh, experiencing with y'all. But, um, for some reason, uh, it was just a more of a special, special time that, um, last night happened the way it did and i was able to experience it listening to it off of you know someone who i've definitely heard cast before but it was really 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 good that you know hometown you know that hometown personality that you hear over the radio and everything it's just gonna be you know it, it was really really great hearing that experiencing that from that end yeah josh before you go uh i just want to like expand on that point like that guy's been through a rough year, Eric has, Eric Nadell. Um, he's had some mental yeah. health stuff. He was out of the booth for a while. And so that adds an extra layer of like meaning to all of this because obviously like 
he's one of the guys when I think about the Rangers and when I don't think about players, I think about guys like him. I think about Chuck Morgan, who's the PA announcer at the stadium. Like when I remember last night, like seeing all the celebrations, like I, I thought of those guys, like what it means to them, like Rangers lifers in so many different ways. And I know that f- for him, like the, the energy and the, the emphasis to really make that moment uh, of calling that really special. Um, I know that he hasn't like had that type of call in a long time. Like it's been a li- like, not like monotone, I guess, but it's just like a little bit lower energy from him, you know? And, and it's understandable considering the year that he has or that he has had, but to, to hear him with the fullest of joy, just, you know, say the Rangers are world champions, world series champions, like that, I'm sure that was, you know, vindication for him and something that he's been waiting a long, long time to say. And so that was really cool to like, see that spread all over on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm, I'm glad re- people really are appreciating that uh, moment because I, I think that deserves a lot of, you know, a lot of attention because of somebody like Kim and again, a Rangers lifer in a lot of ways. So, yeah, man, I watched this, uh, you know, our church wrapped up at about the fifth inning and I believe that was the inning that Evaldi loaded the bases and then got out of it somehow. That's right about when we were wrapping up. So, you know, it might get me fired, but we were definitely watching it in the sound booth as uh, teaching was happening. Uh, sucks to suck. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so after that, I think we all at the church kind of looked at each other. There's, you know, the security guard named Tommy there is a big Rangers fan. Shout out Tommy. Yep. He'll never hear this, but shout out Tommy. Two people that I don't think have been on the pod are Tim and Tyler, but we all looked at each other and we were like, we could drive home right now and get home at about the eighth inning, or we could just turn it on here and just kind of stick it out and see how we go. Uh, so that's what we elected to do. And so we watched, you know, the last three or four innings that were very stressful. Uh, the stress was very real. I don't think any of us sat down the entire last hour, 15, hour 20. I think we were all pacing. Uh, and so the other people in the room that didn't care so much were looking at us like, why are these guys so stressed? Uh, <laughs> and we could not communicate to them all of the history of why we were stressed in that moment. We were just like, just shut up. Uh, But it was good, man. It was good. I wouldn't say it was elation when the last out was recorded. I would say it was more like relief for me, at least. It was more like, oof, big exhale. Like, all right, we don't have to do this again on Friday or Saturday. Like, we're done. We've done it. We won. So, yeah, it was definitely more relief for me than overjoy at the at the start, it was just like a big exhale moment, but it was cool to watch with other people uh, that were into it as well. So I, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was at church as well. And I mean, we wrapped up, but I was just like at the building and I had kids talking to me and I had to do a couple, I had to train a couple of kids on like audio stuff and, you know, getting them ready to like have them start singing on in worship and stuff. And so that took a while but Jackson and I, uh, shout out Jackson. He's the student pastor that I work with. We were like about to get done, like said our goodbyes. And we were watching the ESPN like game cast uh, for a second. And then I was like, oh, let me put it on my phone. And it was right before Garver hit the, the go ahead in the seventh. And so I saw that live and I was like, okay, 
this has happened, waited till the happening was over, and I bolted home. And I ended up watching it here at home with mom and Danielle. Um, and not to get super sentimental right now, but I, I think about, I think it's so cool, just for me personally, the Rangers winning, winning this and having the success that they've had coinciding with Danielle's health in a lot of ways. And I know it's like, that's an interesting thing to say. Dennis, why would you say that? But in 2010, we spent the World Series in the hospital. We spent it at Cook Children's watching it uh, while Danielle was getting, you know, treatment and, and getting better. And at the same time, dad was in the hospital too. So like we spent most of the playoff run actually like in the hospital besides like when my grandpa took me to the game two of the ALCS against the Yankees, that first home win of that series. Um, but we watched the World Series in, in the TV in that room. And obviously, you know, we didn't uh, come away with the victory then. And it's just, it's just funny. It's just interesting how now 12 years later or 13 years later from that first one, she's in the best shape of her life. And it coincides with the Rangers, you know, winning this. I, it's just, it's really interesting more than anything. And I know that's, that's a very, very personal thing for me, but I thought that was, that was something I was telling mom last night is like that. I, I don't know. I just think that's cool more than anything. Um, but going back to the moments right before the moment, I, I get home and I'm like, I didn't even say hi to mom and Danielle. I was just like, stress face was already on, just kind of threw everything. Like I had a ton <laughs> of stuff in my hand, like my part of my costume that I was wearing. Cause last night was costume party night and my acoustic and my backpack and a bass guitar. Like I had so much stuff in my head. So I was just like all through it, like on a wall. And she's like, okay, let's, let's lock in. And I'm like pacing everywhere. When Jonah gets the when Jonah gets the the break to go his way, um, I feel really bad for Alex Alec Thomas, by the way, on that. Like he's had a good year, a good postseason, and for that to happen to him, um it stinks. It was it was a lot like the the Grisham play in uh, twenty nineteen. Um, if you remember that, if you guys remember that when uh when the Nationals were able to take advantage of that. And it and it stinks. It from like an just a neutral perspective, although it's hard to be neutral right now. Like that, that was a bummer, but that moment was cool. And I was telling Mohika this on the phone, I think last night or today, whichever one of those conversations, um, I didn't feel like we had it then. Like, I was like, okay, like I know Arizona hasn't been playing good offensively this game, but like, you never know, you know, that's just, they're chaotic, you know, it didn't hit me until Marcus, until Marcus's ball went over the wall. Um, on that home run to put us up five zip. That's when I jumped probably as high as I've jumped in a long time. Um, and mind you, I don't jump high because I'm not. Yeah. He got three (laughs) credit card wits. Yeah, exactly. 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 Vertically challenged. Very vertically challenged. (laughs) Um, I'm five, eight and a half and I'm Mexican and I'm not athletic. So that's um, above average for Mexicans. So yeah, seriously. I mean, we can barely get one in something. Yeah. You're basically Goliath. Yeah, seriously. I just remember the joy in that moment, this is it. Like it's happening. Like that, there was no doubt in my mind at that point that that was, that was it. Marcus's emotion kind of like personified that in a lot of ways. And I, I, I felt so happy in that moment. I was just ready to, to see the bottom of the ninth happen and to get on with the celebration. And I teared up a little bit once the final out was made. Um, I'm not going to lie. Sports tears are real friends. Um, mm-hmm. and, Absolutely. uh, it was, it was, it was awesome to, to share that with mom and Danielle. We were, you know, going crazy, um, hugging each other and, and screaming and all that. 
watch the trophy ceremony and then Josh calls me. He's like, hey, I'm at Academy. He's like, cool, I'm on the way. You know, meet up with him. Like after the, the trophy ceremony is over, we got our shirts last night um, with Tyler and Tim and um, calling Mojica on the way to that um, was super cool and showing you the parking lot of Academy, which was absolutely bonkers last night. And then Jet calling you like an hour or two later and us having that really like cool heart-to-heart conversation. Like same thing as you, Josh, of like relief um, more yeah. so than like, joy but like after that like as the night went on because i couldn't go to sleep i fell asleep at like 3 45 in the morning like yeah just you know high on adrenaline and watching all the videos and the interviews and everything possible and just really really overjoyed that this team that for all of us for all four of us and for so many of us that are probably listening and who care about this team who've been following them for a long time like this means a lot because of, you know, the, the times that we've been through, um, especially thinking back to 2010, 2011, like the, the vindication of that is, is complete. Like we don't have to think about October 27th, 2011 anymore. We don't have to think about David freeze anymore. We don't have to think about, um, you know, Nelly not getting that, that fly ball in right field anymore. Like that's, that's gone, you know? And so for me, like I, I haven't, it, it still hasn't fully sunk in yet. I honestly don't know if it's even going to sink in tomorrow at the parade either. Um, it's very like overwhelming in a lot of ways. And it's, it's a lot of joy, a whole lot of joy. Let's, let's wrap this up with this. Each of you guys, I just kind of did a little bit of it, but just kind of just, you can share stories. You can share, you know, memories, like what, what, however you want to take this for, you know, say like go for like five minutes at a time or whatever as as we think about now the rangers being world champions and all of our histories with the team like share what you want to share about what this moment means to you what this moment means to you know family and friends because i know that i've heard so many stories today about like this means a lot to you know i was talking to somebody earlier about this means a lot to my grandma because she used to watch the team back in the 70s and, and things like that so like whatever whatever guys whatever stories you you guys want to share about that like just taking a run with it this is nostalgia hour now so go ahead i'll give you i was listening to uh tom grieve on the radio today you know he's been around since the old tag good old tag and you know hearing him talk was something special because he's been around since the inception of the rangers you know he's every part of the rangers you could be on he's been on he's been in the front office he's been a player he's been an announcer he's seen it all uh, and to hear him talk about and really reflect on the history of it for him and for the city, really, and hearing about the first teams and all that, that was really special. Uh, I think that's really what uh, cemented it for me. I was like, oh, my God, we won, because I'm hearing you know, Tom Grieve, one of the voices of my childhood, talk about how you know we've won a World Series, so... You know, I'm overjoyed for him and for Nadell and all the guys that have been around for so long and, you know, super stoked for Daniels because this is still predominantly his team and for him to get validated in a way, in that way. is Yeah, shout out CY for shouting him out last night. I thought that was well-deserved. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, special. I think right after the game, Tim, Tyler, and I, I mean, right after the final out, we booked it to Academy. Like we were at Academy within five minutes of the game ending. 
uh, and the line being out the door and it was kind of a party, but also like very reflective of like, Oh my God, we won. I think everybody was in shock. Like, I don't think it had sunk in for anybody in the line, but you know, it was special to just get to stand there with a bunch of Rangers fans and really reflect on it, man. This, this championship means a lot to me. And I think more than I even realized talking to you late last night, Dennis, because I've been to so many Rangers games. My godparents, his his father used to own like a seventh um, share of the of the manager of the ownership of the Rangers, and so they had really great season tickets that they would always take me to. I didn't play baseball as a kid. I, I didn't know baseball growing up, but when you know they were like, "Hey, we want to take you all to some games," we we started going, and that's when I became a fan still at a young age and um, to go from that kind of early introduction to these, you know, the pretty great teams uh, in the, in the late uh, 2000s decade. And then that 2010 and 2011 uh, uh, pennant winning teams and being able to be at like game six of, of that Yankees series of the ALCS and then going to, game five of the world series on Halloween night and getting disappointed and, and being in the picture uh, of the giants celebrating on the mound, being in the background, seeing myself just with my hands on my head, like that going from that level of heartbreak and, and, and the, the heartbreak of, of game six. And literally Dennis and I were talking about this, going to school the next day, seeing him and saying like, that was it. Like, like there's no way that we can win game seven. And, almost crying in the hall by the lockers, like <laughs> going from that level heartbreak and, and being able to walk with this team, with this franchise um, and with the fans too, uh, for, for this decade plus afterwards to, to watch this rebuild happen, be there for the really crappy years uh, and, and now make this final climb to the mountaintop where I can say my team, my, my favorite baseball team of all time, are world champions. That is just something that it's, it's really emotionally moving for me and it, and it means a lot. And I think the more that I think about it, the more it means. Um, and it's, it's a high that I'll ride into next season. And, uh, I was, I was talking with Dennis about this too. I think this means a lot for the legacy of, of what this, I'm not going to say dynasty yet, but what this, these next few years could mean for the Rangers, I think that us proving that we could win with what we had now uh, and then the aspect of potentially adding even more talent to this lineup, to the pitching rotation in the off season, um, you know, even, even through the farm system of guys that we currently have right now that are waiting to get a chance to play championship level baseball at that. If that doesn't excite you, then <laughs> like, I don't know where you're living or what, what team you're watching. Cause I am psyched that, like we could legitimately have the best outfield in baseball next year. Like that's, that's just ridiculous to me when Wyatt Langford gets brought up when he will um, sometime next summer. Like I, I just am so stoked to be able to watch this team for the next couple of years. And I, you know, it, there's a lot of guys that we got to bring back and there's a lot of places that, that we can go to look for more talent um, in free agency and in the draft. But it's just such an exciting thing, not just to win now, but what this winning now means for our future. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a great time to be a North Texas sports fan, but 
especially to be a Rangers lifer. Man, uh, just this title in general, it's uh, it's definitely been an emotional roller coaster for me. It's been a roller coaster of emotions for uh, a lot of my family. Uh, I think my uh, because I was born in Corpus Christi and everything, uh, I think uh, my family kind of I think they knew of the Astros first, but when uh, when we move to um, to uh, Fort Worth, uh, the time I did, uh, probably three months after I was born, uh, it was just a really, really emotional time of like, you know, um, well, what team am I going to grow up with or something like that? And uh, for some reason, like, you know, I just remember my dad picking uh, up some Rangers tickets um, maybe in like 20 uh 2006 or something like that 2007 um obviously i had a fascination with baseball i've played with hinojosa uh dennis i don't think we ever played baseball together uh i think we mainly just played flag football and and uh and, uh, and basketball pretty much but uh i, I know elite rebounder in upward basketball Josh <laughs> by the way i was i was the tallest person and for some reason i could not make a damn shot um <laughs> It was quite, uh, it was quite a trip, but the thing is Josh and I connected through baseball. Like we, Josh and I have suffered some wins and we have suffered some losses. We lost a lot. We sucked, but man, oh my gosh, it was such, uh, an emotional time of 2010, 2011 and feeling all those kinds of emotions. Not only did it mean a lot for me last night, it meant a lot to uh, really my family in general because I remember going to so many Rangers games. I remember growing up and going to Globe Life Park and, and or or Choctaw Stadium, whatever it's called now. And and now <laughs> this, Quest way yeah, back in the day. Yeah, basically. And what's it called? It's like you know Rangers my Ballpark child- in Arlington. Rangers Ballpark in Arlington. What what was that, that else called? That's the name. That's the well, name. Well, well, wait. What else was it called? Like, I'm trying to remember. Ameriquest. Yeah, Ameriquest. Ameriquest Field or something like that. I'm just like, dude, what is this? But I just remember so many games, and um, and then it caught wind to a lot of my family over in Corpus and um, how we were supporting this team. And you would think, you know, a lot of people from Corpus, a lot of my family from Corpus, would be supporting the Astros. Um, some did, yeah, but a lot of them supported supported the Rangers, especially my grandma and grandpa. Um, on my dad's side, uh, I remember uh, in 2019, um, uh, my grand my grandpa on my dad's side, uh, he had passed away that year. A uh, huge Rangers fan, uh, and then as well as um, um, my dad's side, uh, uh, grandma, uh, his mom. She passed away this past April, and um, man, uh, both of them absolutely loved watching the Rangers. My grandma would make all kinds of comments on, uh, particularly Gallo. Uh, she 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 would always say like, "Man, every time he she, he Gallo hits, like it's always an accident." And it was like, I just remember that being the funniest thing ever. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it was great. Like, they were all huge Rangers fans. And uh, now, like, you know, we're going forward without them and everything. Like, man, it's such a, 
it's such a beautiful moment to like know that like not only did they win the world series in the fashion or way that that happened um it it really was emotional for me like thinking like down the list of like people who i know are rangers fans not just my friends but family members that are have, have shared that history with me and and uh and as well as like you know the heartbreaks and and as well as the good times and the moments that we had uh parades and everything josh i i found some pictures of you me and caleb when we were younger and and uh, going to you know this i think it was like some kind of parade or like some kind of fan fest that was happening that day and um like obviously we have shared like so many different memories of those emotions and for it to cap off like this and last night and and all the emotions and uh, hearing everyone that was sharing you know those experiences and and going through those emotions i was it's great um i'm I'm never gonna forget it uh and even though i was you know far away from home to like you know not really celebrate it with you know a lot of people around like obviously there were still you know people in contact uh dennis and and uh and of course uh uh, family members that you know not me not being in texas anymore it was you know really really special moment to share that with people who i love and care about you know the last thing that that i'll add on all this is that like i it means a lot obviously to me but it means a lot to my mom and and my family as well um this is the the sport that uh and the team that that they really are invested in as far as like teams from here um obviously our our whole collective first love as a family Stigris, um, back at home in Mexico, but, um, the Rangers are, are what sticks out, um, for everybody. Um, yeah, like they like the Mavs, like they don't really care about the stars. My grandpa's the biggest Cowboys fan on planet earth at 87 <laughs> years old. It, also, by the way, I don't want to roast my grandpa, but I am going to roast my grandpa. I FaceTimed this guy the other night and bro was wearing a Dodgers hat in the middle of game four. Like, bro, <laughs> read the room read the room why are you wearing a dodger's hat he's like oh he just didn't like did not have a good excuse and then he was, seven would be proud and he was talking about uh <laughs> he was talking about uh he was like i'm mad that they don't you know they don't use arias that much it's like who cares about arias <laughs> and who cares about the dodgers you're watching the world series and it involves the team that we're that we support here like care about that you have like seven rangers hats like wear one and he just totally ignored me because he's partially deaf so um but anyway <laughs> that was pretty funny in that um, moment he may have been selectively deaf to be fair yeah absolutely but then he's today i call him and i show him right the hat now. oh yeah dude not if he's deaf yeah and not <laughs> if he doesn't know english not if he doesn't know english so but oh, i oh. i facetime him and i show him the hat that i'm that i'm wearing which is the locker room hat and that's when he like cracked open a smile he was like that's really cool um, and, and finally, you know, realized that like, Hey, this is, this is a cool thing. Um, and he was like, are you going to get me one? I was like, well, if you're going to wear it, sure. But as long as you don't wear it over that Dodgers ad, that's like 25 years old. It feels like it looks so old looking. Um, respect the classics, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's nostalgia in that front too. But, um, yeah, my aunt, both my aunts love the Rangers. So they're obviously really excited. Uh, a lot of my dad's side is, is really excited. And all of my friends are like, you know, really, really invested. Like all, obviously all of us here 
and so many others that are that are not here on this recording that really care about the team and memories that I've shared with some of you um, on here and well actually all of you on here I mean we spent I don't know a, a couple birthdays of of each other is like at the stadium Josh Josh and me um, especially when we were younger like that that would be the thing where if there was a a baseball game on on our birthday we'd go to the stadium all together and you know we we've had our fair share of fun moments at the old stadium and a couple ones at the new new stadium as well and jet like i talked about earlier we spent a couple nights at the stadium as well especially recently in april um i'm trying to remember who pitched that night um i, I know we played oakland but i i can't remember who who was i thought it was degrom was it degrom I thought it was. I think it was Degrom. I thought I think it, was, it was his last start before he went on the. No, because I was at the night he got hurt. No, no, nope. It was John Gray. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 that's fine. We didn't win that night, which was a bummer. But anyways, the only game in that Oakland series that we lost. I know, I know. So, so uh, problem. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, thankfully, it was not the problem in game one. Clearly, yeah. This is just a a really. Again, still such a surreal moment um, for for all the reasons that we just explained for the last almost 90 minutes. And baseball was my first love, and it still is my first love in a lot of ways, um, even though in a lot of ways much more invest- invested in the hoops and, and footy right now. But, I mean, the Rangers are always a team that I will that I will care about and in the good times and the bad. Like, this is, this is a team that... Um, means a lot for so many different reasons and this is this is this vindication and and you know redemption in some ways and just like relief like we just talked about like this is the moment that we've all been waiting for for all of our lives and for you know so many other people much longer and i'm just glad it's here it, it hasn't sunk in um again may not sink in for a while um even though as a as we're talking, like I'm, I'm wearing the hat and it says world champions. My shirt is somewhere in my room that says the same thing. And I've been reading it over and over again and it still hasn't been like, Whoa, like it, like it hasn't fully, fully like settled in yet. But, um, yeah, what a, what a night, what a week. Um, I want to do this again next year. Hopefully we bring back, uh, Monty and, uh, and Garv and, most of the team, honestly, if we can, uh, that'd be really great. Maybe shore up a couple things, but we'll we'll see what our our outlook looks like going into the off season. But yeah, this this is this is a good good place to be for sure. Feels really nice. Yeah, indeed it does. Any uh any last words? Any last uh, thoughts, feelings, stories? Uh. Last last word from me. The Rangers now have the same amount of World Series championships as the Houston Astros. I'm you not. Know, I'm not going to disagree with you personally. I never I have love, to think about the uh, dung bungler that is David Freeze again. Yeah, Ouch. never. Nelson Cruz can retire in peace. Yeah, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, yeah. It's all Dude, that. the picture that made me so happy last night was Beltre holding the trophy. Oh I don't. Gosh. I don't know why, but of all the pictures, like that, got me like so much more than others. You know, like obviously Corey's was great and all the other ones, but AB like having like such a big smile as he's like holding the trophy after getting it for Martin Perez. Oh man, that that was cool. That was really really cool. 
I'll give you the one that got me was uh, Beltre, Young, and Kinsler. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. There's a picture of Nadell as he's like calling the final out. Um, I don't know if y'all seen that on Twitter, but he's like mm-hmm. kind of like raising his arm up. Like that that one got mm-hmm. me yeah. pretty good. Um CY and Scherzer, that was really cool. Um that was one of my favorite moments from last night, like their little embrace and and all that. Um here, here's a random question. Do we think Scherzer is gonna stick it out one more year? I've talked to I think one of you already. I've talked Jet, I think we talked about this last night. Does he go out on top or does he stick it out? through the rest of the contract next year. I'm curious I think, to hear your answer, Jet. I think there's a there's a way to, for both to happen. You know, like both yeah. things could happen. I, I would not be surprised to see him hang it up, but I think that he is the kind of guy and the kind of competitor um, that wants to keep playing. And I, I think that as long as his body is, you know, willing and able to, to get out there and, and keep going at it, then then he'll be back. Um, I mean, he's verbally committed to it. But I also told Dennis this. I, I said, it would not surprise me if, you know, we get halfway through the season, something happens like this past injury that he had that had him on the aisle for a month or so. Um, and he's like, you know what, guys? I, I really don't want to do the rehab. <laughs> I just... Uh, I'm a I'm a call quits right here. I appreciate it, uh, but I'm I'm done. So I could see I could see a lot of different things playing out for him. But I I mean I hope he sticks around. I'd love to have, you know, having Max Scherzer be like the fourth best pitcher on your pitching staff is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So you know having having Degrom and Evaldi, and if we can bring Monty back, um, having him be a fourth starter, and then you know obviously solidifying the back end with either John Gray or uh, Dunning, or, or if we go out and get someone to to be the back-end guy. But I think he adds a lot of value. I think he's a good clubhouse guy. I think he, he obviously loves to win and is an A-plus competitor. So, um, you know, I, I, hope, I hope that he's back for sure. Also, I didn't know that he was making a ton of money from the Nationals. Like, I didn't know the Nationals were still paying a ton of his contract. He's being paid like <laughs> by three different teams That's still. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. Dennis, yeah. when you have like I don't know an afternoon, you need to go in and look at a lot of the big nationalist contracts they've ever signed because it's <laughs> that over and over again. Oh gosh, golly! I mean, Strasburg got a big deal too, right? And yeah, they're gonna be paying Strasburg <sighs> for a long time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it got them a ring in nineteen. Hey, it did. And so that's the thing, right? Is like, it's all worth it because you won the ring. We talked about this at some point. It, I think with after the Brady Super Bowl, we did an episode and we were talking about it's, you know, they won the ring. Like they won the championship. So every trade and every cap thing and every salary, they won. Like it was all worth it because that's what you play for. So, you know, if you're Washington, you're like, yeah, we're paying Scherzer $30 million for the next 10 years, and we're paying Strasburg for the next five. Like, but we want a ring. That's, you know, that's what you do. I personally, I think Scherzer would have retired, except for he only made it through three innings in his last start. I really don't think he wants to go out on an injury. Because in that season-ending injury late, you know, he's running 
marathons in the Toronto outfield the day after they've said his season's over because he was like, just in case. I think I think he's back, man. I don't think he's going out on an injury if he can help it. I want to say really quick before we go, I just am so like happy that this happened because I was getting really tired of hearing all these podcasts this week talk about, oh, the Diamondbacks still have a chance. Y'all can eat it. <laughs> we won it in five. Y'all can eat it. All this like, oh, like we, I totally think they'll still win in seven. Like talking baseball, we're super in on that front. There was a couple other ones I was do. It was like, yeah, we're, they're definitely going to win in seven. Like it's it's not even close to over. Take that with you. Take that for data. We're the champs. It's a gentleman's sweep. That's right. Got to do it again next year. Yeah. Right back at it, baby. Yeah. 147 days. Yeah. I could have done that. Grom, by the way. The fact that we've made DeGrom a world champion makes me very happy because he's one of my favorite pitchers of all time. We have three mm-hmm. of my favorite pitchers of all time on the roster between Eovaldi, DeGrom, and Scherzer. Mm. I think if I was to rank top three plan right now, even if they were on different teams. I mean, I've watched every DeGrom start since like 2017 on MLB TV. Like, I just, if he's pitching, I'm watching the Mets game. So he signed with the Rangers. But, you know, the fact that he got a championship is it's pretty great. Yeah, just imagine if Jeff McNeil was on this roster, Josh. You would... Yeah, I'd have a joygasm. Yeah, because my man is a <laughs> my man is a, a big Jeff McNeil fan. Uh, probably the you biggest no Jeff Ma- McNeil somewhere. fan. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, you're the biggest Jeff McNeil fan probably on the whole planet, besides his family. So. <laughs> I don't know, I think, yeah, besides his family. I think his wife's up there. I, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well we should uh we should end it there we've been going for a long time and um uh, this was really fun fellas thanks for for joining me um world series champions it's sounds so sweet yeah, i can't wait for that parade tomorrow it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be a great time so uh i know you two guys since you non-texas boys are not in texas you will join us in spirit um i will yep yeah and- we will Lots of pictures uh, will be sent and posted and all that. Um, it'll be a great time. So, And again, my bank account is going to be not happy tomorrow, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> listener, I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode uh, as we as we celebrate our Rangers on top of the baseball world for the first time ever in franchise history. A nice, very nice way to end baseball season. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, following the show. If you like what you heard, uh, please rate and review the show on Spotify, on Apple, on Google, wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe as well. Um, don't forget to follow the pod Instagram at Dennis Prince Pod and email the pod DennisPrincePod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. You can follow all of us on social media. I'll leave all of our handles and stuff in the show notes. Don't forget to click all the other links in the show notes about blogs and music and all the other fun things that I try to do. I don't know what the next episode will be, but it'll probably be next week. Um, it may be some more just kind of end of season baseball stuff. Got to get some hockey discussion going. Got to talk some NFL at some point because it's it's starting to get to the nitty gritty of the of the season. There's a there's a lot to unpack, and the Mavs are undefeated as of this recording, which is shocking. I'm shocked that they're four and zero. To be honest, I mean they've played kind of mad teams, but um, that's really interesting. So we'll talk about all that uh, at some point. Um, but yeah, I don't know when we'll be back but hopefully sometime next week so tune in um again thanks for being here guys thanks for being here again until next time be good and do good we are the champions sign us out you three well you know bye good night
That's all, folks. <laughs>